Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to join us for this act of worship. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me here you can see our journalists' commemorative altar. We are aware as never before of the dangers that those in the industry face when bringing us the news. So our journalists and all who work in the media are very much in our thoughts and prayers at this time. However, we are, of course, here for all of you, journalists and everyone else. Do please leave us a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, uh, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. But now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him, through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love, and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults, 
Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips.
The Old Testament lesson is written in the book Genesis, chapter 24, beginning at the first verse. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from which thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swore unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land, he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath, only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master, and swore to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia under the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass, that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down my peach pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink, and she shall say, Drink, and will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be sure that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and therefore shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, that, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well, and filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her, and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted, and let down her pitcher upon her hand, and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also, until they have done drinking. And she hasted, and emptied her pitcher into the trough, and ran again unto the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. And the man wandering at her held his peace, to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight, and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold, and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there any room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bore unto Nahor. She said moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough, and room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head, and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament lesson is written in the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 5, beginning at the 21st verse. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straight away, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is, being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. strength of all them that put their trust in thee. Mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing without thee, grant us the help of thy grace, that in keeping thy commandments we may please thee both in will and deed, through the merits of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, 
one God, now and forever. and all just works to proceed. Give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we being defended from the fear of our enemies may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In our lesson from the Hebrew Scriptures tonight, we hear the story of how Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for his son Isaac. The servant prays, Let the girl to whom I shall say, Please offer your jar that I may drink, respond, Drink and I will water your camels. It reads as if the servant suggests a password that will confirm divine support in identifying Isaac's bride. And sure enough, as he finishes praying, Rebecca arrives, and when approached, responds accordingly. It struck me reading this passage, though, 
that Isaac himself is conspicuous in his absence from this whole episode. Abraham expressly orders the servant to see it that you do not take my son back there, that is, to the city of Nahor. It's a curious detail. Clearly, Abraham believes that it would be a bad idea if Isaac were involved in this process of finding his bride. The God of Israel is often described with reference to the patriarchs, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But it appears that Isaac is perhaps no more than the son of a great man and the father of a great man. Certainly to our modern eyes, he might appear very passive. He has no part in selecting his bride, but he willingly accepts the woman chosen for him. Much later, when Rebekah conspires with Jacob for Isaac's blessing against Esau, the older son, Isaac's response to discovering the deceit is very philosophical. Whilst Abraham has traditionally been likened to that of God the Father, Isaac has been likened to Christ. Both were only begotten sons. Both were named by God. Both were offered up as sacrifices. And as Jesus carried his cross, so Isaac carried the wood for the pile on which he was to be offered as a burnt offering. Perhaps there is something useful for us to learn from Isaac. In his book, Virgin Eye Towards a Contemplative Life, Robin Davis, who was one time supervisor of the St. Marlebone Healing Centre, writes about the importance in the spiritual life of non-striving, pointing to our frequent attachment to making things happen rather than letting things happen and pouring our energies into efforts to realise our ambitions and designs rather than paying attention to how God is at work in the world and in our lives and the particular purposes that he might have for us. It's an observation that resonates very strongly with me, both in my public health work and indeed ministry, where I very easily tend away from openness and receptivity and instead default to personal ambitions. And if they are frustrated, to doubling down efforts. This really isn't the spiritual path. St. Francis de Sales provides a caution. The enemy often suggests a great desire of things that are absent, he says, so that he may divert our mind from present objects from which, trivial as they are, we might obtain great profit. What are we to do? Eckhart noted, to the extent that you eliminate self from your activities, God comes into them, but no more and no less. This kind of letting go is not a passive state. Rather, it requires a constant alertness to God's working in our lives in faith that he will make clear to us his calling. In our New Testament lesson, we saw other examples of trusting faith. In one of those passages where Mark likes to sandwich a story with another in order to develop and emphasise his themes. In this case, the story of the raising of Jairus's daughter and the healing of the hemorrhaging woman, we see a particular emphasis on the inclusivity of Christ's ministry. It's important to recognise 
that the hemorrhaging woman would have been regarded as being in a permanent state of ritual impurity. And yet Christ's compassion very clearly encompasses her. Neither does he shrink from touching the corpse of Jairus's daughter. His compassion extends beyond death. The raising of Jairus's daughter is an assurance of our hope of resurrection to eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. And the passage makes clear a very important distinction between belief and faith. One may assent to the reality of God's powers in the same way that demons believe and tremble, as James puts it. But New Testament faith is relational. It concerns a personal commitment, faith in Christ, not just about Christ, if you like. Tonight's readings then provide examples of faith. Isaac, Jairus and the hemorrhaging woman. And we can regard them as an invitation away from striving for our own grand designs and to relax instead into a deeper relationship with God, into the grace of thanksgiving and the discernment and acceptance of God's work and his calling. I'll close with a quotation from the poet Matthew Arnold, whose words provide an apt observation and advice. Calm soul of all things, make it mine to feel amid the city's jar that there abides a peace of thine man did not make and cannot mar. Amen. Let us pray. Most High God, all creation knows you and is alive with your presence. 
join our worship with the natural praises of all you have made. We pray today for the Episcopal Church of South Sudan and for Justin Badi Arama, Archbishop and Bishop of Juba, for the church in Visby in Sweden and its Bishop Thomas Pettersson, and for the church in Copenhagen in Denmark, and for its bishop, Peter Skov Jakobson. In our own diocese, we pray for the area director of ministry, director of post-ordination training, and director of ordinance, Canon Miles Baker. We ask for your blessing on the leaders of all your holy churches, and especially Sarah, our bishop, and Alison, our rector. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Most high God, your authority is over all. Give governments and rulers wisdom for the awesome responsibility they bear. We ask for your blessing on our queen and government and on the leaders of the nations. We continue to pray for Ukraine and Russia and for all areas of conflict in our world and also for journalists in those lands and elsewhere where they are in harm's way in the course of their work. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Most high God, you test the hearts of your people. Be with all facing examinations on which their futures depend. Give us grace to value the diversity of gifts and talents you give. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Most high God, your compassion sees beyond fear. Hold with your mercy all who suffer in body, mind or spirit. Embrace them in your love, that we may yet give you thanks. We remember especially before you all those in our parish community in this city and around the world who are in need. And in the silence of our hearts we remember before you any others known to us. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Most high God, teach us to know you and trust in your eternity, as with faith we remember those who have died. We pray especially for all the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. Bring us with them to rejoice in the fulfilment of your promise. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen.
The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.